Welcome to Unity of Tucson. It's a beautiful day, indeed it is. There's a funny thing that happens with pop music, you know, sometimes it just plays and you don't really tune into the lyrics of a song that closely when you hear it on the radio. And um, there's also that part of me that goes, I can't remember lyrics as well as I used to. I can sing pretty much any pop tune from the 80s along with it if it plays on the radio. But anything that I try to learn now, I have a really hard time learning the lyrics to. (laughs) It's just the brain. It's what happens, I guess. Um, But thank you, Elise, for that. That's a a perfect song for today, deepening into that recognition that we all create our beautiful days. That is what we are here to do, to create our beautiful days. So perfect, perfect, perfect message for today. Uh, So some of you may have noticed, if you follow what happens on the internet, that I took a week off from doing my daily mindful moments and uh, I, you know, kind of went into a period of rejuvenation and renewal in a private way, just allowing myself to settle back into just having some quiet time. And uh, it was really necessary. And I do want to say I feel refreshed and renewed and excited. And uh, it's been really a great opportunity for that this week. So. Don't worry, the Mindful Moments begin again tomorrow on Monday, 11.30 a.m. Pacific, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, and I will be coming to you every single weekday uh, moving forward until the next time I decide that I'm going to take a week off. But one thing that I'm excited about that happened this week is uh, I also started started as a student in a new class, and it's part of what is going to be my pathway to becoming a Unity Minister Um, in the reciprocal agreement between the Centers for Spiritual Living and Unity Worldwide Ministries. um, I take a few classes, and then I do, you know, I do a a panel, and and, and I become a Unity Minister, and I'm super excited about that. Um, But this week, I started the class, The Twelve Powers. And uh, such a great, so far, it's such a great class. I've had one class. (laughs) But it is such a great class. And I'm really enjoying uh, the instructor for the class, Reverend David McClure. And I was really struck with how in alignment everything always is. If we really settle back into the understanding that if we are open to it, we recognize and know the alignment in all aspects and areas of our life. And it was no mistake that I wanted to talk about shining our light this week as part of our freedom song and that the class led off with this idea, talked about divine audacity. And there's a book that we'll be reading called Divine Audacity. And this concept of that which is within us that divine urge within us to express our boldness. Basically the call to say we must be bold. We must be willing to step forward and be bold and shine our light to not hold back. We should never hold back, especially we should never hold back if it's because we have a concern about what others think. That can be hard, can't it? Because we all want to be loved. We all want to appeal to everyone. And you know what? We're not going to appeal to everyone. It's one of the hardest lessons I learned in ministry. My appeal will not translate to every single person in the world. But I will appeal to those to whom I appeal. And that's a good thing. Because we can call each other family. 
We can call each other family. So it was great. It was a great reminder to me of why I choose to be in this particular field and allow myself to express my divine audacity, to allow myself to be bold and to think about things in ways that I have never thought about them before and allow that to flow forth into my experience and to teach each and every person with whom I come into contact that we all have this capacity at heart level. At the core of each and every one of us, we have this capacity. As I was considering this concept of being bold, I started thinking about, you know, what is it? What is like, is it ego driven that I can let myself be gregarious on stage? Is it ego that is pushing me forward or is it something else? Now I think of ego in two different ways. I can think of ego as this idea. I can think of ego as edging God out. Or I can think of ego as entertaining God only. And which side of the equation do I choose to be on at any given time? Because ego literally means I am. And when we are rooted in the I am that I am, that may look to other people as audacious, which is oftentimes considered a negative construct. But I don't choose to think of it as a negative construct. I choose to understand it that I am standing firm in my power to be bold, to allow myself to entertain God only because that is who and what I am. It is who and what each and every one of us is. And so I looked to Lessons in Truth as I was preparing today. And boy, there was this great quotation that came up. It's long. I'm just going to give you fair warning. But I want to read the whole thing to you. In Lessons in Truth, Emily Cady wrote this. We cultivate individuality by listening to the still, small voice down deep within us and boldly following it, even if it does make us different from others, as it surely will. We cultivate personality in which live pride, fear of criticism, and all manner of selfishness. By listening to the voices outside ourselves and by being governed by selfish motives instead of by the highest within us. Seek always to cultivate or to bring into visibility individuality, not personality. Now this struck me in an odd way because I have always considered the relationship between personality and individuality to be intrinsically linked. And that's how I have come to understand the nature of personality. Now, I do agree, personality is an outward expression. Personality is, is, is addressing the things out in the world of form, and the individuality is the cause. It is that innate thing behind all expression. That is our individuality. But what I've always said is our individuality being the unique embodiment translates itself into our personality, which is our outer expression. But what I think she's actually talking about here is when we, when we allow ourselves to be moved by the things out in the world of form and forget who we are, that that's when we can go off the rails. That's when we can become governed by selfish motives instead of the highest and the best, which is within each and every one of us. So today, I have a lot of questions today. I have a lot of questions today. And, uh, you know, as I... <laughs> well, with, no, with, with basically nobody in the room, um, I don't necessarily have to preface this because you can't answer back to me as easily. Uh, but I used to say all the time, these are rhetorical questions for your consideration, your contemplation. <laughs> but I will say, 
allow yourself to resonate with the question and see what comes up for you. The first question is this, can we cultivate our outer expression based on our inner embodiment? Can we cultivate our outer expression based on our inner embodiment? What comes up for you when I ask that question? Now, intellectually, because of the things that you may have been taught in the unity principles or in the new thought ideals, whatever your path has been, you may intellectually say, oh, well, of course, our outer expression is based on our inner embodiment of an idea, and it is simply flowing forth into expression at all times, no matter what. But to what degree are you living that truth from a heart center? To allow yourself to let go and let God <laughs> to truly allow the free flow of divine ideals, the free flow of divine ideas. Can the personality, that outward expression, truly be a reflection of our innate individuality, that aspect of divinity which is unique to us and shows up as wholeness in the expression of our lives? Can the personality be a reflection of our innate individuality? I believe that it can. And that is the whole point and purpose of spiritual practice. Spiritual practice is meant to elicit that very notion in and as us, to allow our personality to be the outward expression of our individuality. The benefit of spiritual work and the spiritual work that we do, each and every one of us, the benefit of the manner and understanding of our approach to spirituality is the elimination that there of any concepts of degrees within that. To say that there is something here that is outwardly expressed separate from that which is within each and every one of us is to say that there are degrees of expressing our God selves. There absolutely is no degree. Last week I said it. You can never be more spiritual than you are right here and right now for 100% of you. All the form and matter which makes up your beingness, that spiritual life force at the core of you, it is all spirit. There is absolutely no separation. So you can never be more spiritual than you are right now. You can act in ways that are in accordance with the concepts of spirit, your spiritual nature, which is love, light, life, peace, power, beauty, joy. Or you can act opposite those things. That's up to you. That is a choice that we make. And we make those choices at the, level of, 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 at the level of awareness and below the level of awareness. The benefit of spiritual practice, and the reason I, you know, I mentioned it earlier, my life has gotten better through spiritual practice. I have precipitated my own spiritual evolution through spiritual practice. The benefit of that is to know that within that, as I allow myself to express more spiritually, or at least in the concepts of spirituality, that people would say, oh, it's much more spiritual than that. There is no degree. But the degree to which I allow myself to, uh, to be in the flow of divinity, life just gets better. Life just gets better. There are no degrees of spirit, God, source. There is only Spirit. There is only God. There is only source. 
If we try to disengage our lives from our inherent divine nature, to think that we live lives that are less than, we open ourselves to discord. Discord is always, 100% of the time, discord in the experience of life is always the result of a sense of separation from that innate divine power at the core of each and every one of us. And so our work is to bring ourselves consistently back to recognizing ourselves as source. In a roundabout way, these last few weeks, I've been talking about the tenets of the ministry that I have carried in my heart. Love only, forgive everything, remember who you are. And today is really about remembering who you are. You are source. That innate life force within you, expressing as you, is God. There is no separation. You know, in, in, in the tradition from which I come, the, the, uh, the founder of religious science, Ernest Holmes, very famously said, well, actually not so, actually I'm gonna take that back, not so famously, because it actually came up later in his life in a series of seminars he gave in the late 50s, and, you know, and, and, and a lot of the religious science paradigm is rooted in the 1920s. But in the 50s, he actually recanted some of what he was writing about in the 20s, and there's one thing in particular that he said that I think is really important. He said that there is no separation between the absolute and the relative. The relative is the absolute at the level of the relative, at the level of its conscious expression and awareness. And so our work is to expand our conscious awareness. It is to expand our awareness to that which we innately are. Remember who you are. And in remembering who we are, we change the world. We've, we've all been given a gift right now. We have all been given a gift. Now, a lot of us are not recognizing this gift as a gift. But today, I am choosing to recognize this gift as a gift, and I'll tell you, it is rooted in the time that I took away from the expression of my, men, of, of my ministry to step back and say, I need to live in the impression of who and what I am. And I had the capacity to do this by stepping away from expressing and letting myself have that period of quiet, that period of contemplation, that period of spiritual renewal. We are living in a time when all of this experience we are having can allow us to focus on our spiritual path, on our spiritual growth. What I am choosing to understand is that as we have stripped away so much of what we enjoy in this life, the comfort, the convenience, seeming freedom, although I think we're infinitely more free now than we ever have been before because we have stripped away some of the things that we tie ourselves to in the world of form. When we strip away those things, what are we left with? We're left with one thing, 
we are left with cause. Because all of that stuff out there, all the comfort, all the convenience, that's all form, that's all effect. And we teach that all effect is the result of an inner innate causative consciousness. So I choose to live this fourth month of social distancing, of feeling separate, of having to mask ourselves, which, there, well, there's a whole talk in that. Maybe I'll give that talk next week. What's behind the mask? Now, I can tell you what's behind the mask. I don't even have to do a whole talk around it. What's behind the mask is God. And if you can consider that every time you're taking your mask, that it is God being God, it's going to make this entire experience a lot easier. But to root back to the cause of all things, that first cause, that infinite idea that said, I am that I am that is flowing forth in and as creation. It is the lesson that we can take from this time. When we do this, when we do this, we can tap into that which is divinely audacious because God has no no issue whatsoever expressing itself boldly. And it does so by means of our expression and experience. So today, I choose to ask this question of myself during this time of separation or seeming separation from the things in the world of form which have brought me a level of comfort. But once taken away, see, that's how I know that we can absolutely change our minds around how this all shows up is that once those things were seemingly taken away from us, how did we manage? Because I will tell you, it is easier to manage that when you know who you are because it is not tied up in the things out there. And I'm not saying that I have done this brilliantly. I am saying that there are things out there that I have thought, oh gosh, that's gone away. In fact, the experience and expression of having people in the room is something that brought me comfort. And I wrote, a, I wrote an email, <laughs> actually I wrote an email to Karen uh, yesterday or the day before, I can't remember what, if it was yesterday, the day before, or the day before that. And I said, you know, this has been really hard. And I've expressed that from this very platform. This has been really hard because I find comfort in the things. But what I always root back to is that the cause is love. And when I am in that, then I can allow myself to say, you know what? I'm still connected with every single person that is engaged in this spiritual community in a different way right now. And that is going back to cause and saying, I know who I am. The form has simply shifted. The cause is still 100% there. So let us root back to the cause of all things. That is the lesson, that is the lesson. When we do this, tapping into that which is divinely audacious, ask yourself the question, what is mine to do? What is mine to do? Because I've had a lot of chats with ministers who feel like this is the greatest challenge to ministry they've ever faced. Now, I've, I've, I've been a minister for just about, a, just about a decade now, and there are ministers who've been in the field much, 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 much longer than I have, 
who are saying, I've never experienced anything like this. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to move forward. And I just keep saying, what can I do? What is mine to do? How do I move forward? Not I can't, rather I can. In this experience, can we turn away from the disappointments that we perceive and allow ourselves to turn toward the infinite possibility that exists? infinite possibility and potential is the nature of spirit. It is the nature of God. It is the nature of source. And so that is our nature for we are the identity of God in form living its life, each and every one of us. And so infinite possibility and potential being its nature is our nature. How are we choosing to use this today? Are we creating more of the same? Are we trying to rip that idea of what used to be from the past and allow it to be wrenched into what is to unfold? Are we creating more of the same? Or are we taking this opportunity to say, that wasn't working, let us create the world we desire, the world we require? Do we feel defeated by the perception of challenge in this experience? Or can we rise above the effects of the world and say, I know who I am? That magnificent song, beautiful day, it's a message of rising up. It is a message of knowing deeply and innately that despite appearances, the beautiful day is rooted in an inner experience. And when we accept that, that's what shows up. The root of all life is metaconditional. I made that word up. Metaconditional. You know, we talk a lot about metaphysical here, but today I'm really talking about the effects, the, 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 the conditions of the world. And meta-conditional, you know, meta meaning beyond, it means transcendent. Meta-conditional means transcending the conditions. And that is where life begins. Our philosophy is not just metaphysical. It is meta-conditional. It is beyond the conditions. It is up to us to put this idea into action, for we are the activity of God, letting itself be known in all things. And it is up to us to be self-reliant in this, and that's where the audacity comes in, to allow ourselves to say, I know who I am. I lead my life with deep self-reliance, and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I am that I am. In what way will you express life today beyond conditions? And there is no need to look outside the self, for the outside the self conditions will align themselves in accordance with what is within. That is the nature of God. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, speaks to this. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine. The Father 
that is referenced, the Father in heaven. Now, there are those who will say, well, that is saying that God is something out there because people will say God is God out there, some personality out there which has ideas and constructs and is, has dominion over what we can conceive of as less than. But that's not what the Father means. The Father is that innate creative source at the core of each and every one of us. It is that energy of creation. And heaven is consciousness. Heaven is a state of mind. So when it says, glorify your Father in heaven, that means to glorify the innate creative source, which is your consciousness. It is your state of mind. There is absolutely no separation. And when we let our light shine, we are letting that innate creative source flow forth as creation. We can only change the experience of life for the better by being better. Being better means shining those God qualities, light, life, peace, power, beauty, joy, love only. And we do so with compassion, cooperation, and consideration. As we do it with compassion, cooperation, and consideration for all those who are around us by letting our light shine in the, with that at, at the core, all of the discord that we are experiencing will dissipate. I believe this. I believe this. Because I keep experiencing a lot of discord. And it's because we have stepped away from compassion. We have stepped away from cooperation. We have stepped away from consideration. And we are saying that there is separation. I'm ready to let that go. I'm ready to embody this principle and allow my light to shine, knowing that my light is your light and the light itself is letting itself be known. This also means that the concepts of space and time have no place in this consideration. To believe that there is a supremacy of matter, of things out there, to believe that there is a supremacy of matter takes us away from cause. Now, what do I mean by that? Let us eliminate from our minds. Here's what I mean. Let us eliminate from our minds the belief that any space is more sacred than another. This room in which I stand right here and right now is no more sacred than the space you inhabit right where you are. Let us decide to build the sacred space all around us. We feel challenged right now by not being able to gather in this room. Is it because tacitly on some level, whether at the level of awareness or below the level of awareness, we have decided that this space is more sacred than another? It is not. Right where you are is equally as sacred as any other space at any other time in all of eternity. Now, I know that we are all looking forward to the day when we can return to this building. I know that we are looking forward to the day when we can greet our spiritual family in person and all hug. And while we know that in the current expression of divinity, it is not wise at this time, for God is expressing holy in a manner that is not conducive to this right now, but it is God expressing. This building is simply a building. It is consciousness that creates the space we desire. 
And so let us step into that idea of being meta-conditional because the building is a condition and our innate wholeness is beyond that condition. Our work is to spread the light wherever we are. The entire world can be a sanctuary. The entire world, in fact, the entire universe can be a sanctuary. I ask you today, what is it that you have done to create a sanctuary, a sacred space in your own home? And I ask myself that question. Uh, you know, I, I will never ask you a question that I don't actually look at and reflect upon myself to say, am I walking the talk? Am I, you know, practicing what I preach? What have any of us done to create a sanctuary or a sacred space in our home? What makes anything sacred? It is the conscious idea of something as sacred that makes it sacred. When I was studying uh, before I went into the ministerial path, I was studying to become a practitioner of religious science, which is very much like the licensed unity teacher. Um, and in the practitioner class, we, were, we had a whole section of the course that was devoted to really understanding the sacred nature of all things. And we were tasked with this idea. Take something that feels mundane, an everyday ordinary task, and allow yourself to make it a sacred experience. And so I thought about what is the most mundane, ordinary task that I don't really enjoy doing? What is it out there that I could turn into a sacred experience? And I figured it out. I really hate cleaning the bathroom. I mean, I mean who really enjoys cleaning the bathroom, right? Because you got to get in there, you got to scrub the soap scum off the tub, you got to, you know, take the toilet brush, and you got to do those things, right, to maintain a nice and clean environment. And so I wrote an entire paper about making that a sacred experience and about what it meant, what each aspect of that meant. What did it mean to, to take that soap scum away, you know, to allow ourselves to realize that we have this buildup in our own lives that sometimes we need to simply strip away from our own experience and so on and so forth. In what way have you created a sanctuary in your own home? Decide today, this is the message, decide today that in shining our light and being meta-conditional, decide today that the entire world is your church. It begins at the place you have decided to call home, and it extends from there. And everyone whom you encounter is the impressive expression of God. And let us treat each and every one of them with respect. Whether we are being met with a same level of respect, let us treat all others with respect. That's the work. That is letting our light shine. Move beyond the conditional. Be an advocate and expression of the metaconditional. Shine your light and make it a beautiful day. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com.
Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.